0: did start off with a peppy um little ditty or some joke on my behalf and you're probably wondering why that is and that's because may is um mental health awareness month and i surprise am a survivor of suicide <laughs> and it's not something that i talk about very often um, so this is difficult. Um, I'm, I was inspired by Hunter Hayes, who recently joined Brainwaves, which is the leading um, fundraising and awareness raising cause for, um, for mental health. So May is mental <laughs> and your, your mind matters. So you should talk about it. Um, so if you've seen me, you're like, there's no way this girl has ever been suicidal And there's no way she's ever been sad or depressed. And I know this because I've had people look at me and say, that's depressed? Yeah, that's depressed. Depressed hides behind um, false lashes, false hair, false nails, false everything. It's an act. I'm an actress and I think that, um, excuse me, I'm getting a little emotional. I think that my greatest act was convincing people that I wasn't depressed, that I was okay until one day someone who I won't name right now because I think that there's going to be a time for that to discuss that with that person. He looked at me and he said, I know you're not okay. And that was many years after my suicide attempt. <laughs> so when I was younger, um, I was always talking about, I want to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. And one day my mom said, well, why don't you just do it then? And she didn't mean it, but she didn't realize that in saying that I might, I might do it because I wanted attention. You know, my grandpa had died and my grandma had died and I was lost. I was, I was a little girl lost. Um, I moved away from home to get away from that pain so that I wouldn't have to, you know, go places where I would see them or hope to see them. And I had a dad who wasn't present. And I had a mom who was doing everything she could for me, but it wasn't enough because I had this void inside me. And I I think I really wanted to die. So I, um, I took a bunch of gravel. And I didn't really want to die, guys. I thought, I didn't think it would do anything. I thought that it would make me sick. And I thought that it would get me the attention that I wanted. And suddenly, I started to feel like my life was leaving me. And I said to my mom, call 911. But she didn't... <laughs> well, she didn't think that I had actually taken anything. She thought that I was just being silly and she waited to call 911. And um she almost waited till it was too late. And it was not on purpose. She just almost waited until it was too late. And um I was in the ambulance and I was still conscious and I could hear them saying that they didn't think that I was going to make it to the hospital, and um, I didn't really, I didn't really want to die. Um, excuse me, I'm addicted to Starbucks drinks, and that's what you're hearing in the background. <laughs> um, I didn't want to die, and these ambulance people, they were asking me questions like what day it was, and what you know, things that I, I knew the answers, but. I was in and out of consciousness, so I couldn't, I I couldn't answer their questions, and then I heard the sirens go on, and I knew that I was in trouble, big trouble. When I got to the hospital, they put me into, um you know, the special room for people who are not likely going to make it, and they hooked me up to all these things, and my heart rate was 199 BPM. That's heart attack high. And they said, she's going to go into cardiac arrest. I don't know who or what took over my body that day, but thank God I did not go into cardiac arrest. They did, however, have to turn my heart off seven times, which means technically I died. Not once, but seven times. And I didn't want to die. And I was, you know, I was trying to move my hands. I was trying to touch my nose. I was trying to do things and it didn't, it wasn't working. My hands were shaking. I was shaking. Nothing, nothing was working. And I had no more control over my own life. And I felt my life slipping away from me. And I didn't want that. And when people tell you that they can see themselves, um, like, it's like you're outside of your body. It's an out-of-body experience. That's real because I remember looking at myself and thinking, what the fuck did you just do? And somebody somewhere, some, some divine intervention, um, came into my body and breathed for me because I couldn't do it anymore. I was dying. I was dying. Um, I have a conscience for, you know, most of it. I was in and out of it. Um, They made me drink charcoal. And then I said to the nurse, can I please have a glass of water? And she said, you can have a glass of water after you drink the charcoal. So I drank it. And then after the charcoal, she just kind of pushed me back and I didn't get the water. But let me tell you, my teeth were really freaking white for a long time after that. But that's not the point. It's just me making a joke out of something that's not funny. And I do that a lot. And people who suffer from depression or have suffered from depression depression, or who have um, talked about it like I'm doing right now, they trip on words and, and they make jokes because it's not funny and you survived it. And thank God that I survived it. Um, I sort of went out of consciousness and I don't remember what happened. I woke up in the morning, almost totally fine. And I said to the doctor, I have to go to work. And he said, you're not going to work. And then they kept me on suicide watch for a few days. And they let me out and I never tried to kill myself again, but that didn't mean that I wasn't still struggling from depression, but see, I didn't know that because depression didn't happen to people like me. It didn't happen to young, you know, pretty, not that I think I'm prettier than everybody else, but you know, pretty smart, talented girls like me that didn't get depression. Um, You know, I watched my mom battle it from the time I was 10 years old until that, when I attempted and she I couldn't understand why she was out of control I couldn't understand why she was that behaving the way she was I couldn't understand any of it because I'd never realized that I myself was depressed and I didn't realize that depression could happen to people like my mom either um depression took its toll on me at the ripe old age of 10 when my grandfather took his last breath and I was a little girl lost who didn't know she was depressed because my brain bandaged that, that pain and convinced myself that um, he was gone on a long vacation, a really long vacation. And uh, he was coming back. So I was able to cope for a really long time without, Feeling anything without feeling any depression of, of any kind. And then, shortly after I committed, uh, attempted to commit suicide, I received a phone call from back home and I was all excited because I was like, oh my goodness, an old high school friend is calling to see how I'm doing. And like, this is just great. I'm so excited. And I picked up the phone and I was like, hi, Josh, how's your mom and dad? You know, I was excited. And my friend said, my parents are fine. But Chris hung himself from a tree. And that was my first time um, having to cope with survivor's guilt. I was angry at Chris. I was so angry at him because he had so much to look forward to. And then he just ended his life for no reason, for literally no reason. Um, He had this girlfriend who, you know, she was kind of neurotic and she... Um, she, she never left him alone. And he eventually took its toll on him. He too had had a difficult life and um, his parents had split up. Then he went to live with his father. And then his father said, excuse me, I just burped. His father said, I don't have enough money for you. Sent him back to his mom. And then not long after that, his parents got back together, but they moved far away. And they left him by himself. So I can't imagine that being left by both of your parents like that doesn't, doesn't um, you know have its toll on you. And then I just remember thinking that Chris was selfish because why would you try to kill yourself? Why, why would you kill yourself? Do you realize how much damage you have caused? to your friends. I personally was able to disconnect from that because it had been so long since I had been friends with these people and since I had seen them. But um, I'm not going to name names, but another friend of ours who had to ID the body became a crackhead. None of the close friends that Chris still had are normal today. They are all depressed. They are all mentally ill and they don't know that. (laughs) They cover this up by drinking they cover this up by doing drugs and that's something that i never did thank god and then some time went by i was fine for a long time and um someone died they died of you know natural causes but it affected me and it sent me into a state of depression where the doctor said you need to take antidepressants. And I was like, no, 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 no. Girls like me don't take antidepressants. Look at me, look at my blonde hair, look at my red lipstick. I'm wearing high heels. I'm fine. I wasn't fine. I was fine in public, but I was not fine in front of people. Sorry. I was fine in front of people, but I was not fine behind closed doors. I didn't get off the couch. I didn't want to get off the couch. And I didn't really want people to save me. I'd go out in public. I'd be lost. I'd be staring at something. Not sure why. wondering what I was looking for. And I was lost. And it didn't matter how many pills I took because that wasn't taking away the mental pain, just the sickness that I was feeling. And I was embarrassed of it. <laughs> and maybe to a certain degree, I still am. And I didn't want people to know that I was on antidepressants. And I didn't want people to know that I was depressed, which is precisely why people looked at me and said, what do you mean you're depressed? Because that was that's the greatest role I ever played. The happiest girl in every room. And when I thought it couldn't get any worse, it did. Um, so I had this friend during my uh, my tough time who took such good care of me you know he was there he would listen he would talk me through things when the worst possible scariest moment of my life happened when my mom almost died um, i called my friend in la and i was freaking out and i didn't know what to do and the first thing he said without even questioning without without even questioning it or doubting it for a second was do you need me to come there because i'll get on a plane And I said, no, no, you don't need to come here. And I never had a friend like that. And I loved that friend to death. Like he was just everything to me. We talked every single night. He talked, he got me through, you know, the worst times in my life. He got me through them. And he was so good at putting other people together that nobody, including me, ever knew that he was fighting his own demons and he put me back together so perfectly that I was, I was actually better. I didn't feel the way that I was feeling. I wanted to live again. I wanted to go out and have a life again. And um, I woke up one morning and I heard the news that my friend had committed suicide. My happy-go-lucky friend who put me back together killed himself. And I didn't even know that he was broken. And I have so much survivor's guilt over that particular death because it's a death that should have and could have been prevented. And I wasn't mad at him. I I didn't feel like he was selfish like I did with Chris. I felt like the world, including me, had let him down. And he, like me, was too good looking, too talented, too smart, too everything to struggle with mental illness. But see, here's the thing. Mental illness... Depression and suicidal thoughts don't discriminate. They don't care if you're pretty. They don't care if you're rich. They don't care if you're talented. They don't care. They'll just attack you when you're not expecting it. And after losing my friend, I found myself in depression again. And I did struggle with su- suicidal thoughts. Did I act on them? No. Will I ever act on them again? No. Why? Because I came within an inch of losing my life. And I know that I have way too much left to do with this life to take myself out of it. And now I have to um, do it doubly because that friend that I lost, he had big dreams and we shared the same dreams. So I got to make it work for both of us because that friend was the best friend I ever had. And I will never have another friend like him. And uh, I'm not naming names for, just for personal reasons. He was just that special to me. (laughs) So um, I noticed, you know, through Hunter and his fan base that there are a lot of young kids, like 15, 16, struggling with depression, something that at 15 and 16, I didn't even think was possible. And if those kids are listening, I just want to tell you that it does get better, Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Sometimes, you know, you just have to stick it out. And I know that you don't want to hear that right now. You want to hear that it's all going to get better tomorrow and it's, it's going to be fine. And I can't tell you that because it's not true. Um, If a doctor tells you that you need to take antidepressants, you probably do hiding behind makeup and hair and all those things I hid behind, They're not going to make you better. They're not going to make you feel better. And they're not going to make what's troubling you go away. So I encourage you to seek help if you need it. I mean, personally, I don't. Therapy is not a thing for me. For me, therapy has been watching films, listening to music. Those things have been therapy. Those things have been therapeutic. Those things have gotten me through. The best and worst times of my life, and I'm grateful for them, which is exactly why I chose a career in acting. But that's not plausible for everybody. So if you think you need therapy, if you think you need help, I want to encourage you to get it because life is a precious thing. And this is coming from somebody who um came within an inch of losing hers. And when I thought that my life was over, when I thought that I was dying, I remember thinking, but I have so much to do. I have so much to live for. Why did I do this? But it didn't matter. Why? Because I had done it. (laughs) Don't do what I did. Admit that you're sad. Admit that you're depressed. Talk about it. Cry if you need to take the antidepressants, talk to a doctor, talk to your parents, a teacher, a friend, whoever you trust, talk. I probably would not. I'm emotional. I'm sorry. I probably would not be here today if it wasn't for the friend that I lost um, three years ago, who was an incredible human being and who the world failed, who the world watched fall apart and who nobody, nobody, looked out for. And I still remember the last time I saw him, he was so skinny and he was just not himself anymore. And I just remember thinking he'll come back out of it. He'll come out of it because I did. And then I realized that not everybody's me. I'm very lucky that I'm strong and I'm very lucky that I've seen depression run in my family because, um, I watched my mom go through it, and I watched her get out of it. And I knew that if she could get out of it, I could get out of it. Do I still have bad days? Absolutely. Okay, when the freaking Patriots lost the Super Bowl to the Eagles, I didn't wash my hair for three weeks. Granted, that was about a week after my friend passed away. But I have bad days, guys. I don't always look like, you know, um, Dollar Store Barbie. (laughs) Sometimes I look like a mess and sometimes I don't get off the couch for a week. Sometimes all I want to do is sleep because I'm human and I am not perfect. Um, I don't have any diagnosed mental illnesses besides depression, which is not a life sentence. It's something that you can struggle with and, and um, come out of and you can grapple with it and you can, you can fight it off and you can, it can go away. Can it come back? Absolutely. Will it come back? Not necessarily. I think that I'm sort of at a place now where I understand what I've been through. I understand that, yes, I too am not immune to depression and I'm not, my mental health matters. So your mind matters. Talk about it. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, It's just I just want you guys to know that you're not alone. And this is not for, you know, the guy who's listening to my my uh, podcast for jokes because I tell a lot of them. It's not for the guy who wants to hear something about Tom Brady. Well, here we go. I'm going to say one now because, you know, I have to because, you know, the, the show is unoffic- uh, unofficially sponsored by Tom Brady. Um, they released the dates for the schedule. So now I'm happy. But anyway, back to back to the subject at hand having a mental illness is not something that you need to be embarrassed of. Um, one in like five people have it. And I think it's more like, like one in five people don't have it. <laughs> um, yeah. So don't, don't be stuck in your own mind in in your own pain when there's help out there. Do not ever consider ending your life. It is the biggest mistake you could ever make. Um, for yourself and for the people you leave behind. And I know a lot of people think that the people you leave behind are better off. Take it from somebody who read a suicide note from a friend who said, You're better off without me. I'm not better off without him. I think every day, When and when will I ever find another friend like this? And the answer is always the same nowhere and never. <laughs> Because you only meet your once-in-a-lifetime friend, once-in-a-lifetime. I have a wonderful mom. I had wonderful grandparents. But as far as friends go, I think that, that he was the best friend I ever had and the best friend I will ever have. And he's gone today, and I have so much, so much survivor's guilt because when I tried, it didn't work. And I wonder why. But the answer is simply, I have more work to do. And now I have his work to do. So thanks a lot, buddy. Now you gave me double the work. Um, And that's pretty much it. Guys, if you're going through something, talk to me. If you want to talk to somebody, talk to me. Slide into my DMs, A Blonde Who Talks, A-B-L-O-N-D-E-W-H-O-T-A-L-K-S on Twitter, Slide into my DMs. I'll talk to you even if I don't know you, if it'll keep you alive for even one more day. Um, so yeah, May is mental and suicide is permanent. So please, please, please don't don't ever consider it because it's not it's not gonna make things better, not for you and not for the people who love you. And whether or not you believe it, there are tons of people who love you. And I know this because. I may not know you but I love you. <laughs> so that's all I got for you. Really I just wanted to talk about mental mental health and my own struggles with it. Mental health issues happen to pretty blonde girls so we wear high heels all the time. So they can happen to anybody. <laughs> Um, So yeah, usually I got nonsense for you and I will have nonsense again. And next week I may have a guest, a really, really special guest that I'm excited about. And uh, in June, I'm going to have another very exciting guest. Um, I'm not going to say who she is or who who he is or whatever. I'm not going to tell you guys who these guests are because I want you to tune in. You're going to be excited. You're going to love it. Um, So thank you for tuning in and listening to this, and I hope that it touched somebody's life. I hope that you know that suicide is not the answer, that it will never be the answer, and that when you do commit suicide, you end your life and damage somebody else's life forever. And I know this because I am sitting here today with a broken heart over the loss of my closest friend that I've ever had my my words can express to you to anyone how much I loved that friend or what I would have done for that friend and what that friend would have done for me so talk about your pain talk about your any anything you're going through just talk about it the more you talk about it the more people will listen and the more you will realize that living is the best thing you can do life is a gift. It really is. No matter how hard it gets, it's a gift on top of, you know, suicide and and depression and mental illnesses. There's also anxiety, which is a, which a huge thing and something that I still struggle with. I think everyone struggles with um, anxiety to a point uh, at some point to a degree. I don't think that it's a life sentence. I don't think, I don't think depression is a life sentence. None of these things are, things that you have to live with for the rest of your life. You can learn how to not become anxious just because you're in a room full of people that may or may not like you. Because guess what? No matter how cool you think you are, you're always going to be in a room where people don't like you. And nobody knows that more than me. And um, the reason that they don't like me is because I like me. I'm too me for them. They want me to be somebody that I'm not. And I don't know how to be somebody that I'm not. And that causes anxiety sometimes. Um, I think sometimes trying to be somebody that you're not also causes a great deal of anxiety. And I can say that because when I was younger, I tried very hard to, to squeeze myself into a box that wasn't my box. And what happens is when you have this crazy on the inside, eventually that crazy wants to come out, whether you want it to or not. And I think self-acceptance helps curb that feeling of, I want to kill myself or um, having anxiety in a room full of people that for no reason, these people are looking at you and you think that they're looking at you, but they're actually looking at something else what they don't like in you is what they don't have in themselves. They lack it in themselves and this causes anxiety and it causes depression, especially in young people. Um, you know, I wish that people could understand that our brain is like our most important organ in the body. Like just because we can't see it or like, you know, I'm not putting cream all over it like I do to my face so that I can stay young forever. Um, and just because like, it's not a broken bone. It doesn't mean, that, that it's not as detrimental or devastating um, to a person to have uh, damage to, done to their brain. And a lot of the times that we feel like we have had damage done to our brain, it's not done by ourselves. It's done by somebody else who thinks that it's okay to break another person. And it's, that's not okay. Um, if you're listening to this and if you've listened this far, I just want to say like you were given this life because you are strong enough to live it. And I hope that you'll give yourself um, credit for how far you've come, because sometimes it's okay not to be okay. And there are probably going to be days when I'm not going to be okay again. And that's okay. Because like I said, none of this is a life sentence. I decide how this story ends. Am I going to lay down and die? No 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 and you probably shouldn't do that either take your power back take care of yourself um if that means you know applying 17,000 different creams like i do do that um i don't i don't know what that means for you i don't know every single person i don't know all the answers i can only speak from my my um perspective um when i was going through it the worst part that i was going through when i was Going through the, it's okay, I'm fine, I'm okay, look at me. Um, that person that I mentioned earlier that said, no, You're not fine and no, you're not okay. He said to me, I don't know what you're asking permission for, but I'm giving it to you. And it really wasn't his place to give me permission because the permission that I needed didn't come from it, him. It came from years of not being good enough for my dad. And that's still a thing. Some things just don't um, change. Yeah. Some things don't change. Some things are just what they are. And we need to accept that I can either become who my father wants me to be and be miserable for the rest of my life, or I can continue this crazy acting stuff and maybe fail, but at least I'll fail happy because I'll be have done what I wanted. And doing what other people want is the number one cause of anxiety. So stop doing that. Stop doing it. And you'll feel a lot better. Um, I don't have a mental disorder in the sense that it's there forever. So I don't presume to understand what it's like, but I know that you can't just get over it. And I know that it's, it's not easy and, um, I'm sorry if you're someone who has a lifelong uh, mental illness that you can't seem to kick, but um, there are people out there who are willing to um, help and um, they want to help. They, they want to be kind and, and kindness begins with um, trying to understand other people's struggles because guess what? Everybody out there is struggling with something and you just don't know what that something is and um that's that's the unfortunate part so i don't know if anybody's even still listening to this because it's it's not what i would usually talk about and it. it's it's not what people want to hear about is it no it's not but um if you're in crisis you can call for help um there's tons of organizations that that helped. Like one of my favorites is the Trevor Project because uh, a few years back I did some research and I learned that um, suicide rates are highest in the LGBTQ community. So you can um, you can contact the Trevor Project by like so many different ways. It's crazy. I'm actually looking up all the ways that you can do it as I'm speaking because I forgot. There's so many of them. I forgot. <laughs> Um, so you can contact them by phone if you wish. Um, phone number is, uh, somewhere on, <laughs> somewhere on the internet. No, it's, uh, one 488 7386 or you can send them a text at, uh, where's the text number? 6- Seven eight six seven eight, and that's available twenty four seven. And the Trevor Project. What's cool about them is they don't care if you're LGBTQ or not. If you're suicidal, we will talk to you. And there's also um, Trevor Chat, which is available on their website. Um, so, which is the trevorproject.org And there's also um, national suicide hotlines in different countries. <laughs> if you live in Canada. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-833-456-4566. And if you're in the United States, it's giving me the exact same number, but it's not. <laughs> um, 1-800-273-8255. Suicide is preventable. Um, if you need to talk, just just call them. I know somebody who called one of these hotlines every day for like several years. And that person was my mother. But if my mother wasn't calling that line, probably wouldn't have a mother today. So yeah, give them a call. Um, Yeah, thank you. I, I don't know what to say, because this is such a heavy subject that I never thought that I would talk about on a podcast because why would you talk about that in a podcast? Why would you go through all the trouble of making yourself look so perfect and happy all the time just to go on the internet and tell all these people that you're not okay and you're not perfect all the time? Kind of uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense, but I just did that. But you know what? Nobody ever expects me to do things that are normal anyway, so (laughs) it's probably fine. (laughs) Um, Again, thank you guys for listening. Um, I don't know you, but I love you, and um, as I said before, if you need to talk and you are not interested in phoning one of these lines for fear of embarrassment or any other reason, you can reach out to me on Twitter, a blonde who talks, A-B-L-O-N-D-E-W-H-O-T-A-L-K-S. And you can also go on Instagram, go to Instagram and go to Hunter Hayes's page. And he has um, some information about Brainwaves, which is a mental health organization, which is the whole reason why I did this episode. (laughs) So yeah, go check that out. And next week, uh, like I said, I'll be back with something stupid again because that's my thing. I always do stupid things. Uh, Have a good one.